What happens when a plumber looks at a problem in a fireplace? Can he fix it? After a garbage disposal repair, the whole house is sloping. What the heck is that all about? And should UV lights be used to kill nasty stuff in your AC ducts? All these questions and more coming up on the super podcast of Texas Home Improvement. Here's Jim Dutton. Let's go to Jane in Capel. How can I help you? Well, I have a question about fireplaces. Um, I've lived in the same home since 1983, and I've never had really any work done on my fireplace before. But now I have two problems. And one problem is the back wall of the fireplace has got a crack in it, mm. and then the the gas pipe has completely, like, it's like melted and laying on the floor of the fireplace, if that makes sense. And so I've had a couple of people come in and look at it, and then I've had one of them say, well, since we didn't put the fireplace in, we're not going to touch it. And then I had a plumber look at it, and he said, because of the gas pipe, the little there's a screw. I guess that part screws on, and it should be normally pretty easy to replace. But the screwing area is inside the wall of the fireplace to the right. He said, right. so we'd have to take that, and we may have to take out some of your sheetrock on the other side. We may even have to take bricks out. I, I guess I'm having a little bit trouble finding someone that I feel confident with that that would replace this and do it safely, both the interior walls and and take care of my gas pipe problem. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question because you said that there's a crack. Is it in in the brick or is it a metal casing around that that is cracked? It's the metal casing that's actually okay. at the wall place inside. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to be really a bearer of bad news for you because typically when that metal cracks like that, yeah, it's not repairable. It's got to be replaced. Okay. Well, that's fine. If I have to, if I have to have it replaced, but I I've called a few fireplaces, you know, p- people that mm-hmm. advertise that we could re- redesign this and do that, and they said if we didn't put the original fireplace in, we won't we won't touch the fireplace. Well, I, I don't know if you know company because you have so many great company recommendations. Right. If there's anybody I could call, well, and, and, but what what they're telling you when they say that is we want to put a new one in. Uh, we don't. This is not something we want to fix. Be- and the reason nobody wants to fix it, you know, when you put a fire in there, if there's a- any flaws or a little gap of some kind, and the flames catch the house on fire, they don't want the liability of it. And yeah. so that's reason they're all telling you they want to put in a new one. Now, your house is in Capel. Yes. Okay. There is a. Uh, fireplace store in in Plano. Okay. It's Chimney Kings. I knew King was in there. It's 972-846-4878. Okay. Now, okay. I think what they're going to tell you is you got to replace the whole box. And okay. while that's being done, then that gas pipe can be fixed as well because what the plumbers are telling you is correct. If the, if the fitting is back in the wall... If it mm-hmm. if the pipe doesn't just come out nice and easy and go back in nice and easy, they got to open it up. And technically, mm-hmm. they typically are going to want to open it up anyways because they can't check it for leaks if they can't see the fitting when they put it back together. 
And the big concern okay. is if there's a little bit of a leak there, uh, they they can't fix it. Okay. Let me ask you. Can I ask you one other question? Oh, what sure. Go ahead. Thank you. So the that fire the the gas pipe that feeds into my fireplace it goes from one end of the house and then it goes to the attic and then it comes down the other end of the house into my fireplace. Okay. Should I since I've been in this house for forty years now, should I have them check that whole pipe to make sure that it's in a good um, shape, good healthy standing? Yeah, I mean they they can you know do a, a, phys, a visible check on it, a visual check on it, uh, and really what they're going to be looking for is are is the fittings rusting and things like that, and if they yeah. are, then they can put some soap water on there, see if it's holding. The other thing they can do is what's called a pressure test, and simply they close all the valves put a gauge on it, pressure the whole pipe system up, and that tells them if there's any leaks anywhere. Uh, so if there's leaks, you absolutely want to get those fixed. But if there's no leaks, then they're simply looking to see if there's rust that could turn into a leak later. Okay. All righty. Perfect. Thank you so much. You bet. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Mary, how can I help you? Hi. Thank you. I have, uh, I'm the second owner of a 1955 Perrin Beam home. And the day I was getting new appliances and new flooring put in, my elderly mother put too much into the garbage disposal and blew it out. So they had to cut a hole in the middle of my kitchen through the subflooring to uh, fix it. Okay. And now my floor, I didn't... I had to have an emergency flooring put in uh-huh. to get everything done. So now it's slipping, and my kitchen is starting to slip. Okay. Um, so I've got one door that won't close on a cabinet, and there's a gap forming on the other side of the kitchen from the wall and the cabinets. And you said this was a pier and beam home, right? Yes, but there wasn't much space underneath where the kitchen is. And how long ago was this done? Um, it's been a few years. It was before COVID. Okie doke. Well, I guess the first thing I will say is shame on them because it, it still could have been done even though there's not a lot of room underneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they should have offered to uh, dig a little trench underneath there to get in to fix it. Uh, that's much less disruptive uh, and doesn't tear up everything inside the house. But, uh, you know, now now we're at the point where it needs to be fixed. So more than likely, if there's not a lot of space to crawl under there, what will have to happen is some trenching will be done underneath the house in order to get up underneath there and to make the adjustments that need to be made. Um, you said you put some temporary flooring in. Is the floor deck level now or... Does that still need to be worked on to get everything nice and flat again? It wasn't bad at first, but it has settled, I guess. And um, I, I still need more piers. We had okay. put some in, but a company that we had hired went out of business. Yeah. So well, the, the the unfortunate thing is, a third of the foundation repair companies go out of business every year. A lot of them will build up. Uh, 
warranty calls and stuff and then rather than taking care of it any longer they close and open up under a new name another name yep yeah and and just keep ripping people off that way and it's it's not a good thing but um it it definitely can be addressed and and taken care of and more than likely what happened was if if they're you know the way that thing plugged up and backed up there was probably some leakage there before and that was keeping the soil most moist and expanded now with this dry weather we've been having the soil has consolidated it shrinks and and it causes movement because there's no moisture source to keep it expanded any longer but give my company a call duest foundation repair and we can definitely come out take a look and tell you what's going on with it okay i'm I'm sorry. (laughs) You can can reach us at 972-406-0912. Okay. And if there's still plumbing issues, uh, we can take care of that as well because we do have a a full plumbing division also. Well, I'm only the second owner, and um, the first ones that built it didn't do it right. (laughs) Yeah. So I've been fixing a lot of stuff. Yep. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. You take care. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Carol in Southlake. This is Jim. How can I help you? Jim, my husband and I uh, have lived in our house 10 years, um, and it is a new house. And we have had the ducks cleaned in it once. And we just, my husband changes the filters very regularly, but he has noticed recently that they look a lot of pretty dirty. So we decided we would have the ducts cleaned, and I needed my dryer vent cleaned too. And so we had two estimates come out, two different companies to give us an estimate, and it was very expensive. And I'm wondering if this is... Um, a normal thing or if I could, you know, get a different company to come that might do uh I just I just don't know if they're trying to sell me a bill of goods or what. Well, chances are they are. And and I say it that way because a ten year old house and you've already had the ductworks cleaned once, uh, you really shouldn't need them cleaned again. And uh the filters are there doing their job, which is cleaning the air before it goes through the ductwork, there really shouldn't be a lot of buildup in them. And a lot of times, uh, by cleaning the filters, you can actually, or I'm sorry, by cleaning the ductwork, you can actually make things worse because the, the inside of a lot of the ducts are plastic and don't take very well to the cleaning. Uh, and I will tell you, I've been in my house 20 years, and I've never had my ducts cleaned. Um, so, so when you change your filters every month, does it look bad or does it look clean? Well, you know, the filters are before the duct work, so that's capturing the air before it goes through the ducts. I'm assuming you have a one-inch filter that gets changed once a month? Yes. Okay. And that's on a grate uh, that's like on a wall or the ceiling? Yes. If you're getting a lot of dust in that, that, there's several things that can cause that. Uh, Do you have carpet in the house or or hard floors? 
No, we have hard floors. I only have carpet in two rooms. It's two bedrooms. The rest of it is is wood floors. Okay. So, you know, and, and this is just for everybody listening. Carpet can create a lot of dust simply because as it ages, it will start uh, br- breaking down a little bit and, and getting some dust. There's other things in the house that do the same thing that can be causing dust. But if you are getting a lot of dust and uh, buildup in your ductwork, the biggest place that a lot of times it comes from is the chute that goes to the AC system. Uh, is your filters down and by the floor or up in the ceiling? Up in the ceiling. Okay, so you're going to have a relatively typically a short run, uh, but if there's a little gap somewhere, it'll draw dust and stuff from the attic into the system. But the same with the return air coming into your rooms, if the ductwork has any holes or anything in it, it will get dust in it from the attic. Uh, and and uh, blow that in and, and get it into the ductwork. But in general, the only time you should have to worry about cleaning ductwork is if you've had a remodeling job done and, say, the ducts were left open, so dust floated up in there, that's a time where they would need cleaning. Most of the time, we're cleaning ductwork that really just doesn't need it. Well, I don't want to do it if it doesn't need it. Um, we have three units, and in one of the units, um, it's in uh, my uh, my husband has a small workshop, so it has its own unit there. And they said they found mold in it, um, and they wanted to put a light in there. And I'm thinking, if there's mold in there, there's got to be moisture, right? Yes, ma'am. So I'm wondering where the moisture is coming from. As am I, because you're you're 100 percent correct. If there's if there is mold, it's got to have moisture. Now, some of the places the moisture can come from is actually the unit itself, because the AC unit is a dehumidifier. Basically, it's pulling moisture out of the air, and if the pan that's underneath the coils has moisture standing in it, uh, the fan can sometimes pick up some of that moisture and blow it into the ducts and that's typically a, a, an issue with the servicing of the unit uh, because it's not something that should be happening and if, if that's the case you can get some mildew growing in the duct work um, now what the lights do you know they're, they're talking about the uv lights and it kills the spores and all that kind of stuff but it's only on the air that's passing through the unit and uh, I won't say that those lights don't work and shouldn't be used because, I mean, I, I own an HVAC company. There are times we recommend putting those in. It's very rare. It usually has to do with the homeowner's health more so than what we're seeing in the AC unit itself because moisture or anything like that in the AC unit should be dealt with instead of just trying to deal with the symptoms with the light. But because of health reasons that some people have with allergies and with, uh, you know, viruses and stuff like that, uh, the lights nowadays, a lot of them even will uh, work on COVID virus. So in those type of situations, the light is fine, but not not for trying to kill what's in the ductwork. So I, I need to know, um, you, your company actually does that? 
Yes, ma'am. To come out and look at it and, and give me a, a true estimate and tell me what's really going on. Sure. Absolutely. You can, you can give uh, Due West Air Conditioning a call at 972-406-0912, and we'd be happy to check it out. Okay. Uh, and then do you do, you will can repair if there is something. I, I'm just, I'm really oh, yeah. upset about this because I didn't think this should be happening this soon. So we'll give, it you, I'll give them a call and let them come out and take a look and, and tell me, and I appreciate uh, you giving me this information so much. It, it's uh, very uh, reassuring to me. My pleasure. Let's go to uh, Janet. What can I do for you? Hi, Jim. I was making a repair on a faucet leak, and so I turned the water to the house off. And after about 30 or 40 minutes, I can't remember, I heard a squeal and located it. It was the hot water heater. And I didn't know what to do. I couldn't find where to turn it off. So I went back and turned the water to the house back on, and the squeal went away. Okay. So I'm wondering what what would cause that, and did I damage the hot water heater? Probably not. Uh, what Do you, ha- you have a tank-type water heater? Yes. Gas or electric? Hmm. Do you have gas to the house? Yes, probably gas. Yeah, more than likely it's going to be gas then. Um, and, and very well what you could be hearing is, you know, the, the, the gas furnace is trying to heat the water. And sometimes oh. that can make a squeal. And with the water shut off, you don't have new water going in. Um, it can make some funny noises and stuff. So here's how I, I would handle it. One, okay. if, you're, uh, if you're still getting hot water, chances are you didn't hurt it at all. Okay. Uh, when you get ready to shut the water off again, uh-huh. uh, just, you, you can go ahead and turn the temperature down on the water heater. Uh-huh. So all it's doing is holding the, the water warm in there. Okay. And, and that'll keep it from firing up again. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, Jim. You bet. You take Thank care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, the other thing that can squeal on the water heater is the uh, bypass valve. And, you know, that's also a likely source. But if you turn the water back on and, and you know, it's, it's not uh, bypassing and it's not the uh, pop-off valve or anything like that, your water heater should be just fine. You shouldn't have to worry about it. Let's head to Plano. And Catherine, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. I have right now a an electric cooktop uh, on my countertop. And I'm, I'm going to be d- redoing my countertops. And I was thinking of going with a gas cooktop. And I do have a – it is outfitted for gas. I was, a plumber told me that. So that I have that option. But I just wondered, is there any real – uh, is there any way I could do it without putting a hood above my gas? If I do get the gas cooktop, can can I just keep my cabinets above it, or is there something bad that could happen because it's gas? Well, gas or electric, you typically have to have a vent hood above, mm-hmm. or or within the unit itself to to take the air out. I mean, 
are, are you putting it in the same spot that your current one is? I am, and right now I have a Gen Air, so it has the, you know, a grill too on the stove. So it's not right. anything super fancy, but you know, when I cook steaks on it, well, then it just pulls the air out from underneath the stovetop outside, I think, or something. Right. Yeah. Typically, the Gen Air has a pipe in the ground that that goes outside, and mm-hmm. you can get gas stovetops that use that same pipe. I did not know that. No kidding, Jim. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that you can do the same thing that, that it has now. Okay, Jim, do you know where, I mean, I was thinking of Nebraska Furniture Mart, but you used to advertise for a company that was kind of a home-owned company that, I, you know, had all yep. this stuff. Gold Star Appliance. Okay, great. And, and their number okay. is 972 Okay. Two three eight nine five four one. Okay, nine seven two two three eight nine five four one. Yep, and you um, call them up, great. tell them what you got, and they can uh, give you your options as far as the the different brands that they're carrying that can do that. Okay, great, Jim. Thank you. And then also, do you have another moment for another question? Sure, go ahead. Okay, I had your phenomenal company out uh, regarding. A uh, a foundation watering system because I'm so sick and tired. I'm on this black clay in Plano, and yeah. I'm so tired of lugging those miserable soaker hoses that keep getting destroyed, and I keep getting bitten by mosquitoes. It's just a nightmare. So anyway, I had them out, and I had Jacob out from your company, Do West, and he was phenomenal. And you run a tip-top organization. That's all I have to say it is just I amazing. definitely try <laughs> it's it, he was dressed beautifully the truck he drove up in was perfect I mean it was just you just have made yourself a wonderful company but anyway um I just wondered I talked to him about the foundation watering system and it would attach to the water meter and uh-huh. um I had some more questions what what is the material made of it's is it that stuff you see on top of flower beds? It kind of looks like coppery stuff, but I know it's probably not. Like it's buried underground. For it the- is buried underground, and yes, it, uh, it's probably similar to that. We use a drip irrigation system. Uh huh. And yeah, the the pipes are kind of that copper looking color, but it has drip emitters in it, and so uh-huh. it, there's a drip emitter every twelve inches, mm-hmm. and each emitter will ad, uh, admit 0.6 gallons per hour of water. Okay. And so, you know, you can calculate how much water the system's going to use that way. Now, typically, we started at 15 minutes twice a day. Mm-hmm. So, basically, you figure one emitter every foot using 0.6 gallons. So, you measure your feet, multiply it mm-hmm. by that, and it'll it'll give you how many gallons in an hour and mm-hmm. 15 minutes, you know, that's, you just divide it by four, and it'll tell you how much water it's going to use in that 15 minutes period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you, and I have major pr- pressure problems uh, with these soaker hoses, and I've never been able to find a pressure regulator, as you've always said. Um, so would that be, I be assured that it would 
it would actually, it's my house is kind of on a hill a little bit in Plano. Uh I mean, it's not a big hill. It's just up, it's descending, you know, my yard goes down toward the curb. So anyway, um, I was just wondering if you'd have a problem getting that water up there. Like No, not at all. Because okay. same as we are dropping the pressure down. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it and basically what happens is we pressure up that whole pipe and that's mm-hmm. how those emitters work then to drip the water out. So, yeah, it works just fine. Really? And is that material going to last for a long time? Oh, yes. Will it have to be replaced and it doesn't get clogged with, like, uh, dirt or anything? Nope, nope. Dirt's not going to clog it. Uh, Roots aren't going to grow in it. There's a uh, little copper wire in there Mm -hmm. that uh, inhibits uh, root growth from getting into the emitters and everything. And buried underground, I would expect you to get probably 20 years out of it. Okay. All righty. Do you think this is a better system than just hooking uh, one of these things up to a sprinkler system? Well, technically, the hoses and everything can be hooked to a sprinkler system. The Mm -hmm. main reason we put our own timers on, your Mm -hmm. yard sprinkler system gets played with a lot versus what a foundation watering system needs to have. And Mm -hmm. it it just eliminates getting it cut off and stuff. I see. Right. Okay. Well, Jim, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate it. You bet. You take care. You too. Thank you so much. Arthur, how can I help you? Hey, uh, Jim, I appreciate you uh, taking my call. And this is kind of funny because uh, what I, the question I have for you, this previous call, just um, uh, touch on this. I, I, we have a, a, a structure here that uh, the perimeter around it, it's about 530 feet. And we just installed one of those uh, systems that uh, you just mentioned, except that uh, ours is um, the emitters or drippers are 18 inches apart. And this is capable of delivering 210 gallons per hour at uh, 50 psi. We have uh, the whole thing on timers and ready to go. Yeah, uh, and at 18 inches to, on center, that's emitting uh, 0.9 gallons an hour then. Well, actually, it's 0.6 uh, per manufacturer. Oh, they put they they you have one with the reduced. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's 0.6 gallons per hour, 18 uh, inches uh, between them, and. Okay. Uh, it's uh, actually is 530 feet, so it's about 210 gallons per hour. My okay. question is, is how often and uh, uh, summer versus winter? What uh, what should we do on these different seasons? Uh, well, or, or what, I'll t- what I tell people is start it at 15 minutes twice a day, and in the summer months, like right when we've had the, through the drought here. Uh, I've been telling people, kick it up to 20 and 25 minutes twice a day. In the winter months, you cut it back to the 15 minutes. And basically, to check it, just take a a large screwdriver or a piece of rebar, poke it in the ground, and pull it out. If it's moist, you're perfect. If it's sloppy and wet, you cut it back, slow it down a little bit. And if the ground is too hard that you can't push it in, you got to turn it up a little bit check it once a quarter and make adjustments that way and and, uh that's really all you got to do they they're really 
pretty maintenance free on that. This this is about a hundred gallons a day. Is that yep. uh, winter versus uh, summer? You, in the in the winter months, you're playing catch up from the summer and getting ready for next summer. So yeah, that, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and by the way, this is buried. It's not. It's, oh no. yeah. Your recommendation is um, like half an hour every, per day. Uh, it was not clear Correct. to me whether it was during the dry season or during the spring when there is more rain or uh, periods where the, the rain is just about every week. Um, but, well, and, 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 and here's why I recommend it that way, uh, even during the, the rainy periods. Uh, we'll use this week as an example. What did we get? Two inches in some areas? And, and you would think, it. okay, that soaked in and did great. It doesn't, though. The soil only absorbs about an eighth of an inch an hour. Everything else runs off, and so does nothing for soaking into the soil. So it needs just a little bit every day to soak deep down into the soil. Hmm. Well, I, I neglected to say, I think, the system is not just laying on the ground. It's buried about six inches. So, right. you know, by and capillary action, the water goes down or sideways, but this evaporation is, is not a, uh, is not an issue here the way I see it. Uh, and and uh, your recommendation is 105 gallons a, a day in my uh, uh, setup here, which is over 3,000 gallons a month. Does that sound right? Uh, yes, sir. Oh, okay. So that's the way it needs to be done. Uh, you know, water is not free, so that's that's another expense. But uh, I guess well, it, uh, it's worth I, I, it. It it really is because I can tell you right now, foundation repair starts at two thousand. The average is ten thousand, and it's not unusual to be a thirty thousand dollar job. So it's a heck of a lot cheaper to do that irrigation than it is to the get the foundation fixed later. Yeah, I, I understand that, and this is a this is not just a, a one family home. This is a, actually a, a ranch shop that yeah. uh, has you know a perimeter of almost six hundred feet around the building. So yeah. um, I got you. Uh, it's just I guess the cost of doing business in this part of the world where uh, we have these heavy clay uh, soils. Yep. That's it. Okay, appreciate. It. I really enjoy your program. A lot Thank of knowledge. <laughs> You take care. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the super podcast of Texas Home Improvement. Jim has lots more on YouTube, on the TV show, and at THIPro.com. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.